Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Brendan Kumarasamy is the son of Sri Lankan immigrants. He was born in Montreal, Canada. He became aware at a very young age that his parents were struggling financially while trying to give him everything he needed to be successful. Both parents were factory workers, and his father suffered from an addiction. At 12, he believed he was destined to become an accountant in order to help his parents rid their debt. Watching his family grapple because of their low wages, he was determined to change their future. He lived in his mom's basement, worked long hours. He did everything and anything to take the financial burden off his parents. Now, Brendan Kumarasamy is doing what comes naturally to him. He's a public speaking coach, and one of his goals is to empower the next generation, every genius, to be excellent public speakers. Brendan believes that questions lead to truth, and that's how we get to the heart of who we are. Hello, Brendan, and welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Jackie, that was one of the best introductions I've ever heard. Thank you so much for the kind words. It's great to be here. <laughs> I, uh, I've been watching your videos, and I just want to throw this out there in the beginning. If you, Brendan has a YouTube master channel called Master Talk, and you give away a ton of free speaking tips. But you can also go to rockstarcommunicator.com and sign up for more. And I mean, I've been doing this radio talk thing since I was 18. So I know that it is hard and it doesn't come naturally. I mean, I was biting my nails in college when I, when I started having to speak in, to, to a microphone with no one else there but records, you know. So it it's really wonderful. It just empowers people. It gives them that that courage and um, the belief in themselves that they are as important and significant a being as we each are. We are all unique. So I, I thank you for it. And I get a kick out of watching your videos. They're really great. Love that, Jackie. I appreciate the kind words and thanks for having me. So your mom... I've, I know just a little bit about your upbringing, but tell us your mom's name, please. Yeah, for sure. Her name's Vijay. Okay. And your parents originally were from Sri Lanka. Is that correct? You got it. So the story was my dad immigrated to Sri Lanka as a war refugee because of the civil war going on in the country. And that's how he got citizenship in Canada. And then he went back to Sri Lanka to marry my mom. And that's how she took her first flight ever. She That was her first flight at the age of 30. And she landed in Canada with no idea of how to speak English, French, and she didn't even have a winter jacket on. She didn't know what snow looked like. And that's how her story started. And I got really fortunate in life where I was born in Canada a few years after their their wedding so she didn't get married until 30 you just said that's correct wow what so let's go back and explore how much of her childhood do you know if i'm being honest i don't know a lot but i think what i what i do understand from it and i think it's a great reminder that i should ask her more questions is is she grew up in a family of seven to eight other siblings that's one piece so a lot of her childhood was really around not having enough so they would fight all the time lovingly and unlovingly around the last piece of food and that's a lot of her piece she would spend a lot of her time in the garden getting things done like vegetables fruit 
things like that so they could sell back to other villagers she, she grew up in a really small village within sri lanka and how it worked in in those times anyways is most of the marriages were arranged so how it works is the the male the groom goes to different villages visits different families and they make a decision as families who who they want to marry so so my mom always wanted to be a, a teacher but things didn't really work out her way when she when she uh, when her parents made the decision to have her married to my dad so then after that what happened is she got married and then had had us and then moved to canada and start of a, a new fresh life and did she have any higher education or was she domesticated? You got it, domesticated. So in my case, I'm the first person in my in my family to actually have a university degree. So everyone before me, whether it was my dad, my mom, and the generations before me, uh, they never went to higher ed. So they they always stopped at high school. And where in the in the line of the seven eight kids was she? Do you do you have any idea? She was the youngest. Oh, excellent! I'm the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. You learn a lot. It's like that's your that was her education. <laughs> I learned a lot by keeping my mouth shut and <laughs> and listening. Wow, so she's yeah. the youngest. That's very cool. And what was your grandparents' means of income? Do you have any idea? For sure. So so my grandparents on my dad's side, one of them worked at a store, like a, a small shop in, in Sri Lanka, and my, the mom was a stay-at-home. In terms of my mom's side, I actually don't know what my mom's dad did because he, I never saw him. He died before I was I was born. So I actually never really asked much about him, and the mom was a stay-at-home as well. Wow. So did she want to marry your father? I mean, obviously, this is all just looking back in the past, right? As a 30-year-old, was, was did she aspire to, to eventually getting married? Uh, I think a good way of answering this question, Jackie, it's a fascinating one. So, so in Western society, right, where, where we both live, uh, marriage is based on the idea of love, right, which is when you really love somebody and you meet them, which is the belief I have today, of course, having grown up in, in a country like Canada, that's the mindset, right? It's, okay, do I really love this person? Can I spend, you ask a lot of questions. That's how it works in India and Sri Lanka, at least in, in the previous generation. Things have changed a lot since then. But I'm not sure if it's for the good or for the worse, to be honest. But the, the idea is marriage is more something you need to do. It's like a part of how you live life. Children is just something you need to have. So you don't really have much of a choice in the matter. I don't think she was she wasn't forced into marrying my dad by any means, but she was definitely heavily persuaded to to marry somebody. That was definitely one of the the pieces. And then I believe she ultimately chose my dad. But it was mostly the the father's side. They they mostly make the decision of who who gets married to who. And did she have other suitors? Do you know? To be honest, I don't really know. You have know. a lot of questions to ask. Yeah, this, you're you're a, you're a much better daughter to my mom than I would be a better son. My goodness, because because you know why I don't know any of these answers. It's not because I'm trying to hide anything, Jackie. These are really awkward questions to ask in my culture. You know mm. what I mean? Like in um to to a parent, like you could ask me that, but I'm into a to a to my mom. It's a really odd odd question because I'll give an example, like how in in Western society when somebody gets divorced or when a when a significant other dies that they they want to look for another partner which i think is perfectly 
fine because you don't want to live alone for the rest of your life. You want to find that partnership, right? Mm-hmm. But in, in, in India or Sri Lanka, that's completely taboo. So once once you marry somebody, like that's the person. Like my father died uh, in uh, 2019. So after that, like my mom would never entertain another relationship. So so for me to ask questions like, uh, "Did you have any other suitors?" or thing would actually be offensive to her. I think that's why I've never uh, I've never asked her that question. It's actually never come up in my life until you've asked me. So I'm learning a lot from listening to you, actually. Because <laughs> because just just for the record, I'm not that conservative. Because obviously I'm a I'm just very respectful of. Uh, of, of my mom's upbringing. So I don't and really tra- ask tradition, for questions. And tradition, yeah. cultural traditions. Yeah. But, but it, maybe I should, though. It's, I think it's a good point, though. Well, it, it's part of who you are, really. I mean, you know, mm. that it, it's, my goodness, how many times we, w- I wish I, you know, there's so many questions I would have loved to have asked my parents, you know, and, and I got to spend a lot of time with them. But, you know, it's up to you if it, because you know, if you eventually have a family, your children might ask these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It, it, if if it's you know if it's offensive, you think then then um, none of my business to make you do anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good lesson, though. Maybe I should ask. I wonder how she feels because I still live with her. She's upstairs, right? Yeah. So, but it's interesting just to find out what kind of a person she was because again, the questions that we never got to ask or we we didn't ask. Um, our parents to really find out who they, you know, we know them as a mom or a dad, right? And they're either on a pedestal or they're not. But as to who they really are, that's the the really interesting stuff. That's what makes the relationship more. So I always like to ask these kind of questions. <laughs> uh, it, fascinating. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. it's exactly right. It is fascinating. Okay, so your mom, your dad are here. They come to Montreal. He, he was here previously, correct? Yeah, you got it. So my, so my dad had immigrated in the early 90s, and then she came after as a sponsor, and then they, they both moved together to Montreal. What were they doing? They were working in a factory, I've heard you say. You got it. hundred percent. So how it worked in the early days, so my dad was the only person working at the time. And then when when we had our second kid, so my little sister, when Nalani was born, then the expenses of the house started to go up a little bit. So my mom had to go to work at that point to kind of pay off the bills. So she had held multiple roles. Like sometimes she was at a Mega Blocks, which is like kind of like Legos but bigger. So she was a factory worker there. Then she worked at Canada Goose as like a seamstress. That's one one role as well that she's had. And now she's retired. So I've retired her at this point. But those are the different uh, those are the different roles that she held. Yeah. So both of them were factory workers. And how old were you when she went to work? Was it right after your sister was born, or were you in Good elementary question. school? Good question. Good question. Let me think about that. <laughs> Uh, um, I think I was probably six or seven years old. Uh-huh. I, I'm I'm ballparking though. She probably started working again in 2003, 2004. So at that point, I'm probably seven years old. And she worked until uh, until the pandemic, which was and we retired wow. her during the pandemic, which was you. 2020. 20. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. why I live with her, so I don't have to pay two mortgages down. <laughs> and and who watched you while both your parents were working? Or did they, were their schedules opposites or something so they could get you guys out to school and everything? 
Yeah, so there so if I remember correctly, yeah, definitely my dad was the person picking me up, but there wasn't really a daycare back then cuz cuz how it worked, which which obviously you shouldn't say too much publicly, but <laughs> but I, I mean we're all older now so it doesn't matter. Well, in immigrant families, Jackie, there's a lot of responsibilities given back to the child even if they're 8 years old. So when I was younger, my parents would never pick me up from school cuz my school's walking distance even if there's nobody home. So I would just walk back home, open the door and lock it. <laughs> so that's that's how we would run it. So there's a lot more independence because they had to spend a lot of time just paying the bills. And and we didn't find that to be too challenging because uh because the the envir- the village, not the village, excuse me, the city that I live in is relatively safe. So I've been doing this since I was 6. I mean, not 6 uh, since I was 8 or 9 years old. Right. So that's the way we've always done it, yeah. So like a latchkey kid, every, you know, the kids have a, a key. They go from school to home. They lock the door until someone gets home. That's that's great because you did. You had to learn a lot. And then did you take care of your younger sister? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I did. Thankfully. <laughs> thankfully for the Good. family, I did. Yeah, Good. tutoring her, helping her with her grades and, and all the fun stuff. She's almost finished university now. Okay. So your mom was working and there were some issues. Uh, does your dad's? addiction i believe i've heard you say he had an addiction that's correct he he was an alcoholic so what had happened was probably when i start when i was eight or ten years old he started really getting into his addiction in a really heavy way and then he lost his job i believe it was 2012 2013 around the area and that's when a lot of suffering really ensued because at this point we only had one person making money that was my mom on minimum wage and my dad was kind of um kind of uh causing a lot of problems within the family drinking too much things like that so that's that actually gave me a lot of responsibility at a young age to really get my act together so that I could figure out how to how to release our our family from this from these struggles so that's actually what drove me a lot to uh, to make it happen for the family that's how I, I grew to I grew to success in the corporate world relatively quickly I started working at IBM probably when I was around 22 did your mom ever talk to you about the reality of this situation in the home or would you see her body language of being tired or did you ever see her emotional? I can't imagine she showed much emotion based on her character and her Sri Lankan background and culture. Right, Jackie. So what I would say is we didn't really talk about it too much. It, it was more of a reality we kind of all understood. And and the mindset that I, that I feel a lot of Asian cultures have is you don't really talk about it too much you just kind of figure out how to fix it and that's why as a kid or growing up to to become the adult that i am today i had a lot of trouble processing emotions right talking through my feelings and i still have that challenge today like even saying i love you to some to a family member was was something we never did and it's something me and my sister are working through and and how do we express emotions more clearly but but you're right it was a struggle we didn't really talk much about that struggle we kind of just tried to figure out a way out of it and if i'm being honest after my dad passed away life became a lot easier for all of us so now you know my 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 mom has a much very different life than what she struggled through in the last 10 years and that's and that's indian culture right it's whenever whenever somebody goes off the rails you have to continue to support them and and provide for them and create opportunities for them even if they're they have a lot of internal issues 
and and I was I was lucky enough to have a mom like that and that's why she suffered for so much so long and I didn't want her to suffer anymore and that became a big deeper purpose long before I started doing the things that I'm doing now on YouTube and all that stuff it, my number one priority at the time anyways was making sure that uh, that everyone was safe did it get to the point where you almost lost your home and all that or you were Robin Peter to pay Paul and and everybody was just kind of juggling everything to do what they can. It almost happened once, but uh, we got lucky because an uncle kind of back backlogged some of the money, so we were okay. That was probably when I was thirteen, fourteen years old. But I was able to figure it out fast enough because because uh, basically what had happened was we used the the funds that my parents had saved up for my education to just fund some of the missing bills mm -hmm. that we weren't able to pay off. And because I went to business school, I was able to get a lot of paid internships. I was able to, to backstop the, <laughs> the, the cash that I needed. But I almost went to zero. It's pretty close. But, uh, and amazing. I took out a student loan at a really low interest rate with the bank. So, so okay. I was able to pull through. So you pulled strings. You got creative, as, as they say. And I would imagine culturally there was never anything to go with you should go to AA or things like that. Because there is help for anybody with any kind of addiction, right? We, we openly want to express that. But was that anything that your father attempted to get well or it was not even discussed? Yeah, there was there was one moment where he tried uh, tried it for like thirty days. Like there was like a thirty day mandatory rehab before they fired him from work. Uh, it didn't work too well though. Okay, so you see your mom. You guys look kind of a low point in your lives, right? As kids, maybe you don't really get all of it, but it seems like you clearly knew because you were driven to do really well in school and. You thought you wanted to be an accountant, right, to help to ease this pain. And the point that you made is actually the right one, Jackie, which is I never wanted to be an accountant to, to be happy. You know, I think for me, that's why I'm super empathetic now being the person I am today to people's situations where I think the number one priority of life is not purpose, it's survival. It's figuring out back to Haslow's hierarchy of needs. If you don't have enough to eat or things, you can't really think about other people. And I'm, I'm a big believer of that. So when I made the decision to be an accountant, I mostly went with my gifts. Like, what am I really, really good? at that will give me the most secure positioning in society and that ultimately went uh, went with accounting and it's only after I started making money as an accountant and then later as a technology consultant that I was able to shift into my purpose and doing something I really love but I felt that first step was absolutely necessary to get to the person I am today is your mom have a business savvy is she a numbers gal <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say so. She's more of she's more of an artist. She's a great cook. She's a great gardener. She's 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 very good at those types of things and knitting. Those those are some of her her talents. And she's also a very caring person. That's that's what she was good at. I'm a, I'm actually the first, that's why I actually never wanted to be a business owner, Jackie, because I was very allergic to business because everyone before me who had tried business in my family had failed miserably. I, I was pretty much forced into it because I loved what I was doing so much that I was able to make the business work. But uh, before me, uh, there wasn't uh, there wasn't any great uh, number savvy or businesses. I'm not that great either, but a lot, a lot of room to grow, but I was able to, to make it happen for sure. So who's a, a family role model for you? I, my mom, in many ways, is my family role model. Besides her, I didn't really have that many role models besides maybe my little sister. 
on how to how to lead with more kindness in the world because I didn't have a lot of kindness when I was younger. I I, I led with a lot of rage and anger, and I still have some of that today. But and it's something I'm still working through because I I always had a lot of hatred towards my dad and whatnot. But I think uh, I think for me, my mom has been has been a massive inspiration for me. I'll give you an, a fun example. When I call this the ten dollar story that I always like to tell. So when I was ten years old, I'm sit I'm standing in front of a bus stop, Jackie, and I find a ten dollar bill on the floor, and I pick it up and I go, "Oh my God, ten dollars feels like ten thousand dollars." It's like I go buy all the candy in the world, and then I go back to my mom and I say, "Hey, I found this ten dollar bill on the floor," and her first thought immediately is, "Is this somebody else's ten dollars?" This is somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, right? But her first instinct is, is this somebody else's? And obviously it is somebody else's, but that person wasn't in sight. So I said, yeah, but it's, it's mine. And then she looked at me and she told me a story about how she found money on the floor once. It's probably 20 years ago. Well, well, it was snowing outside and it was a $20 bill. And then she told me very nonchalantly how she used that money to feed a family who couldn't eat that day, her friend's family. But she said it in such a way that was so normal that it reminded me that even if we don't have a lot, we have a lot more than a lot of other people do. And to, to always be generous and to lead with that generosity. And that became a beacon of light for me when I got out of survival mode later in my life and I started focusing on the bigger picture of what I could do to serve the world. It was her words and her actions that have left this imprint in you? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I always like to tell people that kids will never listen to what their parents tell them to do, but they'll always be how their parents are being. So what that means is they'll always do or copy the actions that parents do instead of just listening to the words that come out of their mouth. So, so it wasn't the fact that my mom told me that story. She wasn't trying to teach me a lesson. I actually told her the story 10 years later, and we always laugh about it because she always <laughs> told me, like, wait, that's what you got from ah! me? Like, I never meant that as a lesson. Oh, that's so uh, great. <laughs> so it's just, it's just the way that my, my parents are being. I just ultimate, uh, ultimately adopted the same set of core values without even wanting to, to be honest. But, right. but I later was super grateful for that, for sure. Can you share, do you have another story that comes to mind? Because I know you have a lot of stories, but is there something else that comes to mind that give us a, a picture of your mom and, and her heart? I would say that's the most important one. The, the other is not really a story. I think it's more just statements, which is there's not a lot of people who, who, who would stick to a significant other who has that addiction and still take care of them and still see them as the person that they married. And, and my mom's resilience is, is something I've always admired. And, it, and I'm not saying that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And I don't think that's the point I'm trying to drive here. I think it's more the fact of what, what is the definition of love? And I think the definition of love is, is to, the, to which extent are you willing to protect the person that you care the most about, even if it means that they might have challenges or, or, or do things you don't necessarily agree with. And I've always brought that mindset into, into the work that I do, into the people that we serve. So that's, that's a big piece. So I think for me, the two lessons that I got from her, and I'm lucky she's still around me, so I, there's still a lot, lot more lessons to go, mm -hmm. is, is gener generosity and resilience. And no matter how much I struggled in my life, and I definitely had my share of struggles, they don't even come in comparison to what my mom has done. So it always reminds me to, to keep pushing. So was it, can I, you, you mentioned the love, was it the love 
that she was trying to protect you and your sister or she loved your dad and was hoping or this was her role as a wife and a mother to keep the family together? I think the answer is all of the above. All of the above. Admirable. Admiration. Probably probably more the second piece, but but definitely all of the above, for sure. Wow, she sounds amazing. VG, I got to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, divorce is not really something uh, that people in our communities even think to do, right? So you can, you know, she told me this all the time. She says, look, if one of of the players of the game starts to fall out of the field, you still have to keep playing the game. I'm rephrasing what she said, but but that was always her perspective, and I've always admired that. Because I I don't think that's something I would be able to do. Because there's only so much I would be willing to sacrifice to somebody else, but she is the the epitome of the example to follow, and that that's what that's what drove me, Jackie. Right? Absolutely. That's why I, right? I was just like, well, I mean, you suffered for so many years. I mean, geez, you're not going to live the last twenty, thirty years of your life doing this too. So, so I, so my dad actually became my biggest teacher because I wanted to be literally the opposite of who he was. So I became the perfect son. Right, got all the best grades in school, got the right job, never did drugs. I've, I haven't gotten drunk once in my life, Jackie. I've never touched alcohol except maybe like a glass of wine I've had over steak dinner. But that's pretty much it. Like I've never, I've never made any of those mistakes. And I think the reason is because I wanted her to grow up, or or rather know that all of that suffering, all of that pain was worth it in some way. And her kids became role model children, and that's what me and Nalani became for her. But we wanted to be, be because of all of the, the suffering she went through. So right, it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, watching your work, you can see your videos everywhere. And you are extremely giving. So I had a feeling before we actually spoke today that there's got to be someone influencing you or a role model that just turned your world around. I know you didn't get the physical hugs or the I love yous as much, but... Um, you saw the actions, and that is um, that's huge. That you you and your sister picked up on it, and I believe that that's crucial. You can turn your life around. You can make it positive, and you can also affect the people around you as well with all that you've learned. Absolutely, very well said. And and my mom was definitely a big piece in that. There's obviously other mentors I looked up to as well that kind of guide me in that way, but. Definitely, my mom was was the biggest piece to to showing up with kindness and being able to deliver content and information in a way that even if somebody can't afford me, they can still walk out of that conversation, that interaction wow. better off. Wow. What a wonderful conversation, Brendan. I want to just take a couple of minutes to make sure that people know how to find you. I've mentioned the your YouTube master channel, Master Talk, and rockstarcommunicator.com. But there's a, a bit of a funny story to how you you really launched this whole thing. And um, we're getting down to the last couple of minutes. But um, please do your, do your master work <laughs> and share with my audience uh, what you're all about. For sure, Jackie. You know, what, what had happened when I went to college is I had an idea for a YouTube channel called Mastruck because I felt that a lot of the information I was teaching a lot of the students when I used to compete in presentations in college didn't really have access to that for those free resources. So, so now that I started transitioning from the financial challenges I had as a kid and I was, I was starting to get really good jobs, I landed a great job at IBM 
post-university, I didn't have to worry about money anymore. So I started asking myself, what's the bigger picture of life? Because groceries weren't as expensive as my mom told me they were when I started doing the math. And luckily, I was a numbers <laughs> guy. So I figured that out pretty quickly, paid off her family debt probably like in 12 to 18 months of starting to work. So now the next question became, okay, what should I do with my life? Should I just work at this company for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or do something bigger? And that's when Master Talk came to be. And uh, I just started making videos in my mom's basement, frankly, about communication tips, not thinking it would go anywhere. And here we are a few years later. Yeah, it's quite the success story. And, and, and it will continue. You know, the more, like I say, the more you give, I think the more you get. And it is super important for so many people to have that confidence, that self-confidence to be able to express themselves. I'm not talking about having to use big words and having to be a corporate executive somewhere. It's just a matter of that confidence of how you present to others. And it really can be fun. It really can be fun. So I know it, it, it's a big help to a lot, a lot of people out there. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the kind words. Really appreciate it. Brendan Kumarasamy. Thank you for joining us on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Jackie, the pleasure was absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on. And say hi to Vigi. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. We will be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother.